Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. I saw a great article about whiskey today that apparently you can buy really good cheap whiskey at Aldi's supermarket. Bob, we're trying to start the show. Aldi's? <laughs> yes. I love me some Aldi's. Okay. There's, 17, the Aldis. there's $17 whiskey apparently just won some international competition. <laughs> we used to get the wine from Trader Joe's. It was like $3 and it Three won like Chuck. a million competition. Yeah, it was yeah. delicious. Yeah. It was the best. Yeah, apparently it has like bird's nests in it though, so yeah. you better watch out. Right. It's so cheap because they just and... run the tractor over the grape trees, yeah. the grape bushes, what it rhymes, oh, and they just they like put it all into one stuff, yeah. big thing yeah. and they just like turn it all together and put it into wine. So they found traces of all sorts of crazy shit, in it. <laughs> but it was so good. <laughs> Maybe that's why it I gave so its body. Delicious. It was yeah, oaky. It was, so it was oaky. Like it literally had oak tree in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that is just a taste of what happens behind the scenes here on the Talking Comics podcast. Oh, Hello, everyone. No, oh, this is the pre pre credits and, and oh, like a pre intro movie. Welcome to episode number three hundred and forty three of the Talking Comics podcast. I am your host Steve Say, and joining me this week are Mr. Bob Ryer. Happy Superman Day. Joey Bracino's in the house. Hey, everybody. And. Jessica. Hello there. Whoa. Whoa. I'm not going deep today. See? Better? You didn't save that last week? Wow. Yes. Yeah, I was saving. I was saving it. My happiness to be back. Yay. How are you feeling? Um, itchy. Ooh. <laughs> I'm feeling okay. very itchy. But I'm okay. And I'm here. And I'm happy to be Good. here. So, yeah, we're so that's happy. all that Yes. We're very happy to have you back on the show. Uh, I know what else would make us all happy. I would love to hear Joey's tantalizing Tony Award tirade. I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to bury the Tonys, okay? It bury was uh, uh, no, no, no. Dig the hole, I, Joey. Look. So the Tony Awards were this past Sunday, everyone, for all of you that aren't plugged into the the theater world. <laughs> um Tony Awards were this past Sunday. Josh Groban and Sarah Paredes uh hosted huh. Um, they were great, sang a bunch of wonderful songs. The whole theme of the night was like they post they kept putting up pictures of all of their presenters in their like high school p- musicals. It was adorable. Nice. Um and you know, Harry Potter took home a bunch of Tonys, Angels in America, the revival took home a bunch of Tonys too, which was great. And then this play, this musical called The Band's Visit, which is based on a two thousand and eight indie film, um, won a bunch of awards and won more awards than it should have won. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> especially because SpongeBob SquarePants deserved more awards than it did win. Um, but it's SpongeBob, <laughs> and I just know that those old farts in the wing, in the oh. theater wing, were like, we're not going to give any Tonys to SpongeBob SquarePants. That's a kid's show. But have you even seen SpongeBob SquarePants the musical? It is so good. It is pure art. It is wonderful. Um, but in all seriousness, though, uh, we, I knew Band's Visit was going to sweep as, as much as it did. You know, it's the most kind of like art, traditionally artistic piece of theater. Oh. You know, like oh, the, the, the New York Times the loved bar. it, yeah. right? The New York Times also <laughs> loves SpongeBob. I just want to throw no, it. No, no. Uh, um, but anyway, so I had a feeling it was going to win as many awards as it did, except for one freaking best actor okay. should have gone to a young young master Ethan Slater for his performance as SpongeBob SquarePants okay. because he literally has become SpongeBob SquarePants. And oh like, my god! And climbs. I know he climbs a volcano in the second act and sings high notes and carries that show on his huge biceps. <laughs> and he's such a little nerdle, and he's so adorable, and he just has such a wealth of positivity Aww. and respect in the community. And they didn't give it to him. They gave it to Tony Shalhoub, who, great what? actor, monk. Yeah. You know, everybody loves Tony Shalhoub. This fathermucker sings eight bars in a ba- in the band's What? Music. He sings eight bars. And he's just kind of like, the performance is very good, too. It's a great kind of Thing, but he doesn't sing anything it's a musical it's, it's lead actor in a musical no, i right? know the category <laughs> and like i like literally so right before tony shalhoub won that award they gave best revival of a musical to once on this island which is a which i talked about last week on the show i took the kids to see it mm-hmm. yep um beautiful beautiful show wonderfully artistic like just stunningly done and it was it was up against my fair lady and carousel these kind of very traditional classic shows yeah. and everyone was like oh please the, they're not going to vote for once on this island over something like my fair lady right um but it won and everyone that i was watching it with we was just like started crying and hugging and everything was wonderful Until. and then they and then they announced the next thing it was just downhill Until. from there yeah um wow. and then it was so funny because then the next morning the band's visit announced that tony shalhoub is leaving the show what? Yeah, he's oh. done. Ow! Yeah. He's like, I got my Tony. <laughs> I'm out of here. Bye. Well, look, see you later. <laughs> you know, all, all joking aside, like... Um, Go do a Monk revival. I, I love... Monk the musical. Yeah, uh, yeah. He'd probably sing in that one. Anyway, um, um, I love theater. And, like, the thing I love about the Tonys over all the other award shows is... You know, these people do shows eight times a week and they all come together on a Sunday night in June and they perform for each other and they laugh. And yeah, they hand out a bunch of awards, but they're, it's all just kind of whatever anyway. That's not why you watch it. You watch it because these people come together and just share what they love. And, you know, the whole kind of like putting up those pictures is a reminder that what they're doing professionally at Radio City Music Hall, kids are doing at high schools, you know. And there's something really connective. I'm going to cry. Um, there's yeah. something really, you know, connective about that, that, that makes that night really special. And, and I'll always watch it. Whereas I've kind of dropped off of the Oscars and I've dropped off of some of the other award shows. I'll always watch the Tonys. Um, but well, <laughs> it is a travesty, travesty, 
that Ethan Slater, that poor boy, he deserved that Tony. He's he's just a simple sponge. Like he's just a simple sponge. <laughs> that that was make it, that was what makes it hurts. In SpongeBob SquarePants the musical, his whole arc is like he wants to figure out what makes him special. So he sings this song, "I am not a simple sponge." And then after he loses the award, I just turn to all my friends and I'm like, I guess he was just a simple sponge. It's so sad. Yet another award show ruined by the crusty old white man. You're not wrong. Joey. Yeah. Yes. Let's turn this around. Let's talk about Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger. More TV that I watched. Uh, Cloak and Dagger premiered on Freeform slash ABC Family slash Fox Family. Um, It's Freeform, just so you know. Uh, Last week, um, first two episodes are out. I watched the first hour. Based on Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, it's really good. Uh, It's really, really, really good. Um, The whole Cloak and Dagger, the way that they kind of open the, the show with Little Cloak and Little Dagger, Little Tyrone, Little Tandy, um, and the kind of accident that links them together. And then they fast forward and and to their high school years, and and they meet up again. Um, The way that they kind of frame that whole narrative, the way that they're kind of developing these two characters, just in the first hour, I was hooked. Um, They're really cool. The, The whole idea of Cloak and Dagger is great as well. Just the way that, even going back to the original comics, the way that the book negotiates ideas of privilege and race and class mm-hmm. and gender on the streets of in this show, it's set in New Orleans, right? And the way it flips the script on some of those two for a more modern audience is just really, really good. So the first hour ends on a great cliffhanger too. I'm going to watch the second one after the show tonight. And then I think they're Thursdays at eight, I think is when, when the show Ooh. is back. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. And then I saw a lot of buzz online about it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I, I recorded the first couple of episodes and finally got around to watching it today. Um, yeah, it's really cool. There's like, you get a little bit of that, like free form ABC family acting moments where you're like, okay, this is melodrama for teenagers. Um, but that happens very few and far between for the most part, even the kid actors are like really good. Um, which is really cool to see. And it's really grounded. Uh, I really liked it. The music's great too. Um, yeah, I was into it and I'll definitely be checking out the next episode and and the one this week too. I also just really like cloak and dagger as characters. Um, I think that there's a lot of kind of wealth of material there and I think the show is doing an interesting job of modernizing it and flipping, flipping some of the elements of their origin story. Uh, how are they showing their powers? There's one moment at the end of the first episode where they have like a glimpse of their powers and, uh, it was shocking and also really good. I was in, I was wondering okay. too through the first episode. I was like, how are they going to do this? Especially kind of like on, a, cloak? on like a TV budget, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's pretty cool. And obviously right now it's very limited because they don't really understand their powers that well. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm wondering what happens. Like will Tandy get to the point where she's just shooting light daggers at everyone, yeah. you know? Yeah, man. And cloak is like engulfing a hundred people and transporting <laughs> them through the dark force. Like, yes. I don't know, but, but right now it's very kind of small little, almost like little magic trick moments that are happening, okay. which is, which is really cool. 
to see. Yeah. And the, the other thing about it, and it might just be because it's free form or that might be because, you know, the audience that they're trying to get, you know, in touch with here. But like, it's like really intense kind of like teen emerging adult coming of age drama with like parent problems and pre- school pressures and, you know, drinking and just a lot of stuff that's like really, I think will connect with a lot of people. Um, so, you know, I, I think like that's what the book was always able to do and the characters are always able to do too. And what Marvel's always been able to do. So we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm into it. You got me, Joey. I'm hooked. Yeah. Check it Sweet. out. I, I actually get that channel. I think free form. Yo, it took me like a year and a half to realize that ABC family had become free form. Yes. <laughs> just found out now yeah, so there you I, go i kept seeing all these ads i was like what the hell is freeform do i have yeah. to subscribe to that is that like hulu no bro it's yeah abc family <laughs> wow okay <laughs> and i do remember they were fox family i yeah. do remember that good times yeah i'm in Ooh, love nice. those characters yeah i've been looking forward to that uh for a while now i'm glad to hear that you really liked it man yeah and that's been your joey corner hey yeah. <laughs> I like Joey Corner. Yeah. It's I'll be back in sit. 20 minutes. Bye. All righty. Let's, uh, let's do some uh, lightning rounds. Talk about some oh. comics. Ooh. Yes. Um, I'm bringing up my apps. How's everybody doing? How you doing, Bob? Absolutely fabulous. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. I just needed to stall until I had that timer. <laughs> Uh, we are not going to have the traditional sound tonight because oh. I don't know where that phone is. It's a good thing that I have, too. Okay. Uh, Bob, I'm putting five minutes on the clock for you, sir. And go. Leading off, one of my favorites has returned at Paper Girls, which dropped issue number 21 yeah. by, the usu- by the usual team of Brian K. Vaughan, Cliff Chang, Matt Wilson, Jared Fletcher. And it's an absolute doozy. The paper girls with future Tiffany in tow find themselves in the year 2171. And if you were there, where would you go for information? But the Cleveland Public Library. Look, as always, superior storytelling by this team. And as always, the story takes a wild left turn as we get to the end. So always great as a binge, always great monthly. Mm. Uh, the Bombshell Saga comes to a close with Bombshells United number 19 by Marguerite Bennett and artist Anique and Marguerite Savage, with both the end of their version of World War II and a jump forward into 1960 for a whatever-happened-to epilogue that ends in a lovely way that, that harkens to some current comic events. Now... Throughout the series run, the highlight for me has been Marguerite Bennett's stunning lyricism and just outstanding characterizations. I guess best exemplified by this bit of narration from Wonder Woman, a chunk of philosophy that Dr. Morriston, Greg Rucka, and Gail Simone would not only endorse, but would have been proud to have written. Here we go. The hand that holds a sword cannot be offered in friendship or in mercy cannot cradle the heads of the wounded or dying nor embrace those found after years apart. This continues on in some of the most poignant work I've read from Ms. Bennett, and that's saying a lot, which makes it even harder for me to say goodbye to this very special book. Giant- it's never truly goodbye, Bob. 
Uh, well, we'll talk about that later, about something else, I think. All right. Giant Days 39 by John Allison, uh, Julia Madrigal, and Whitney Kogar and Jim Campbell finds Daisy and Esther at a graduate job fair. And while Daisy, with her mad organizational skills, has offers rolling in, Esther's finding the corporate ethos a bit overwhelming. This place is a thunderdome of awfulness. Apparently, the world of work is saying you're passionate about things that no one in their right mind could be passionate about. Exactly how I feel every day at work. Look, their friends turn up to just in time for Susan to act as Daisy's agent and for McGraw to make a big decision. So, I look, it, Giant Days, always a great book. Read this one, too. Keep going. With the movie around the corner, there were two Ant-Man and the Wasp books out this week. Mm -hmm. uh, clever one-shot, subtitled Living Legends, featuring Scott and Jan, and written by Ralph Macchio and Andrea DeVito on art, that calls back to a classic Hank and Jan story from back in Tales to Astonish number 49 in 1963 that introduced Giant Man, and which is also reprinted this week in a $1 True Believers edition. The other one's the start of a miniseries featuring Scott and Nadia, and that's by Mark Wade and Javier Garon. And that one has a real science adventure mystery set in the microverse that promises to be a really great, fun read. And it's got a really creepy cliffhanger. And I'm just going to say all three of those books are highly recommended. And stay tuned for more Wasp news later. Finally, there's a mostly new science fiction graphic novel by John Byrne called Stowaway to the Stars. And I say mostly new because this was first published about a year ago as a coloring book. Now, the format of this original graphic novel is alternating text pages with full page illustrations. And here they've been colored in by his, his usual colorist, uh, Leonard O'Grady, who does a fabulous job taking us across the galaxy, but he still stays inside the lines. Sorry about that. Mr. Burns' story features Eliza, a young girl nicknamed Dreamer, who lives in her, on Earth Colony Capella 4G, who yearns for something greater than the life she's living. So it's a classic sort of heroine's journey, but told in an interesting new way that's a combination of formats, both classic and new at the same time. And it's an oversized, really, really gorgeous looking book. It's only $8. And since who knows how much more work John Byrne's going to do, you might want to pick it up. Just saying. That's wow. it for me. Mm. You had seven seconds left on the clock. Nicely played by me. Amazing. <laughs> it's, that, it, it's that it's a page and about a half mm. of, of my terribly crabbed handwriting. <laughs> uh, I, too... Read Paper Girls number 21. And what'd you think? Hot damn. Okay. Uh, I don't want to say anything because it'll spoil it. Well, you can't say much about Paper Girls ever, no. right? Without spoiling. I know, but let's just say if you went to the future and you were able to get your hands on some things and bring them back, what yeah. would you do? What would you do? What would you, what would be your thing? Chew on that. All right. Um, I loved it. It's such a it, it's such a fun series. Um, the Ant Man and, and Wasp stuff uh, sounds really cool as well. 
Do you uh, you want to talk about something else Wasp related? Sure. Let, let's let's just go for this. It was announced today that the Unstoppable Wasp really is so because Jeremy Whitley will be bringing back the Unstoppable Wasp this October in a brand new series that will also feature Janet Van Dyne and the Agents of Girl. The whole crew is back, and I am going to mangle the young lady's name who draws the book. Steve, you know uh, I'm going to try this, but I'm going to... Guri Huri. You got you got me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very very manga style, but in seeing the the uh, designs it is very much in keeping with what Elsa Chartier did, as well as Rosie and Ted near near the end of the run. It's science adventures in all sorts of new ways. Look, Unstoppable Wasp was one of our favorite series of last year. It will now be one of our favorite series of this year, too, as this relaunches. Couldn't be happier. It's a perfect, perfect sort of wonderful introductory series for for everyone, not just young girls, but everyone into the power of heroines in, in these books at, at, a, at a wonderful level. Jeremy, if you're listening, friend congratulations. Of friend of the pod. Yes. <laughs> So happy to so happy to see this. So it'll be out just in time for me to annoy you at the New York Comic Con, Jeremy. Yeah, you're gonna, <laughs> Bob, you're gonna have a great end of the year. You got Fantastic Four coming in. You got Unstoppable Wasp coming back. Some, some Kelly Thompson Hawkeye yeah, Avengery stuff. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, looking up. I think you did an okay job with that name. I I finally found it. Good hero. Okay. Yeah. What Joey said. What we're good. We're good. Uh, yeah, hell of an announcement. So happy that this book is coming back and an ongoing, no less. It's really nice to see that. Whitley! And, uh, Whitley! <laughs> so excited for you and everybody on the team. Uh, we look forward to reading it. Uh, okay. We'll have you back on soon to talk about it. Indeed. Yeah, um... Yeah, well, we'll we'll talk about it a little later. We got a we got a monumental show coming up in, uh, in a couple episodes. We got our three hundred and fiftieth roll on the corner. What? Uh, we're not gonna. We're, I ain't seen no gonna wrinkles. Do a, do I don't see no wrinkles. Marker. <laughs> you know, like All a right, day fine. over two ten. Well, I, I, I maybe I'll plan something nice. All right. Mm. I didn't know we could have something nice anymore. I have a few, oh, yeah. I have a few rabbits in my loaded. hat. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Joey. You're going with me? Okay, all right, here we go. Woo! We're going with you. Woo! Were you doing Ric Flair? Is that what you were doing? Woo! <laughs> I fly. Swing on the ropes Style. around. <laughs> Swing my jacket, drop the elbow Ultimate line. warrior style. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite thing. When, when Flair would rip his jacket off, throw it on the ground, and then drop yeah. the elbow on it. It's the best moment. The Flair nature flop. boy. Here we go. Yep. Woo! All right. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Flair, you have five minutes on the clock. All right, here we go. Use them wisely. Go. About Betty's Boob uh, by Vero Cazot and Julie Rochelieu. Translation by Edward Govan. Letters by Darren Bennett here. Stunning, stunning, stunning graphic novel from Arkea. 
uh, about coming to terms with one's own image and self in the aftermath of literally having a piece of yourself removed. Um, so we talked a little bit about this book last week in our kind of what we were looking forward to section. Uh, but this book opens with an evocative visceral sequence in which a sea of crabs swarms our protagonist main character Elizabeth's right breast or left breast. Um, she awakens in the hospital from this nightmare after having had a mastectomy done. Uh, what follows in the comic in the graphic novel is basically the process of Elizabeth's journey to accepting her new body and in terms coming to terms with uh, and in turn coming to terms with the kind of judgments of those around her, including her overwhelmed boyfriend who constantly faints during the first few pages of this book. Uh, he's very squeamish, but also kind of that's more indicative of his just kind of discomfort with who Elizabeth has now physically become. And Elizabeth kind of has to struggle with a lot in this book before finally getting rid of all that baggage and finding a traveling burlesque show that thrusts her into the spotlight and creates the Betty Boob persona for her. Um, the whole book does have this kind of uh, absurd kind of whimsy to it. And it is humorous, but it's also this empowering, thought-provoking, character-driven tour de force that dabbles in kind of the abstract and, and symbolic, the emotional, the heart-wrenching, and at times endearingly hilarious. It is a charming, charming book. Um, Steve mentioned last week that this book is a silent graphic novel. There's very little dialogue, if at all, no narration. There are a few kind of like silent movie captions that pop up, um, to split the sections up, but it's really Julie Rochelot's impressionistic artwork that is just gorgeous. And even with its kind of Emma Rios-esque whimsy to it, still evokes precisely the right emotion with the slightest line of shadow. This book will be on the best of list this year, I guarantee you. Uh -huh. Uh, you're waiting for it. You're waiting for it. Uh, okay. I, I am okay. telling you, once you guys read it, you're going to be like, yeah, this is it. Um, okay. Okay. The, okay. the subject matter alone, I think, is just its just incredible. And then the way it's executed is amazing. Um, I also read Garfield Homecoming. Uh, this is adorable. Nice. John has got a How to Not Spoil Your Cat book. And is trying all <laughs> these things like locking the fridge and electrifying the bed so that Garfield can only sleep for a mandated eight what? hours a day. Yeah. So Garfield is not wow. having it at all. So he runs away and joins the circus, literally. Um, <laughs> of course he would. <laughs> written by Scott Nichol and art by Sarah Talmadge, this definitely doesn't look or sound like your Garfield strip. Um, it, look, it has a different aesthetic, but I still had a lot of fun with this first issue nonetheless. Also read a book called Brother Nash by Bridget Connell for Titan Comics. So this is a pretty rad book about a trucker named Nashaba. Um, the book opens with these two truckers, Brother Nash, Nashaba, and Brother Ray, uh, just shooting the shit about a praying mantis that eats cheese crackers that Ray has found on the hood of his truck. Wow. And then all of a sudden, there are werewolves, ghosts, and ancient evils. And Nash oh, has oh. to kind of talk these uh, ghosts of the 1848 gold rush off the top of his truck so that he can keep driving. This book was wild. Whoa. Right? It's, 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 it's a trip. I, was, I started reading it. I was like, is this just about two truckers? And then all of a sudden, like, things got weird. And it was really cool. Um, and it's like 60 pages. And I think what Titan has done is they've put the first two issues together in the first issue. 
because you kind of get one full story and then it's like here's another cover here's a second story and Ooh. both stories are like 24 25 pages long so it was a really cool oversized first issue um brother nash from titan comics by bridget connell um and how much time do i have left 40 seconds. Yeah, so I'll start the conversation on Moon Girl 31, and then we can kind of talk about it. But uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur 31, this was the no-smoking issue uh, one-shot from Brandon Montclair and Amy Reader with Tamra Bonvillo. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of your uh, after-school special, you know, one-shot, one-and-done, don't, don't, please don't smoke issue. Um, yep. Lunella is uh, talking to her mother about the uh, adverse effects of bug spray uh, because of their use of <laughs> nicotine, which then launches us into an odd sequence in which all of a sudden the people on the Lower East Side start finding themselves addicted to cigarettes. Yo, yeah. were you not mortified when Eduardo uh, was smoking a cigarette? Yeah. And I was like, what is happening? And Lunella was like, what is happening? And she does a little science. There is a shocking shocking villain reveal yes. in the book and then ultimately the book becomes as the as the kind of cover would suggest a kind of psa and a reminder about the kind of negative effects of smoking um which you know a character like lunella in a comic like moon girl and devil dinosaur that's the venue for it right in the same yeah, way that when we totally. talked about miss marvel's uh, election issue the voting issue Right. And how important and effective that issue was. I think that Marvel did something really cool here with Moon Girl um, and the kind of no smoking issue here. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like I don't I haven't been reading Moon Girl. I'm probably about a uh, maybe eight or nine issues behind on it. I probably stopped in the early 20s. Um, but yeah, it was like I love it. I just there's something about Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur that's just like as a comic it's, it's fun it's pure man it's, it's pure. uncut yeah. she's such a great character and i'm glad that she's kind of her stock is being raised here um and this issue was just it was fun it was informative it went some places and then i just love seeing the the, the villain it was such a ridiculous moment yeah. i loved it one of my favorites to be one honest of, one of your favorite villains yeah, dude, he popped up a couple of years ago in another book, and I fell in love with him. And then he showed <laughs> yeah. up in this one, and I was like, "No way!" Yeah. All right, Let's we're not gonna, we'll spoil it. People. We'll spoil yes, it. okay, okay. It's Bzzzax. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's the other one. It's Swarm. Swarm. Because we're, so we're talking. Cool. We're talking about the real science, and it's it's Lunella. So we're talking about what's gone wrong with the bees. And some of it is the pesticides that are causing them to be disoriented and not finding their way home because the pesticide has bits of odd nicotine molecules in it. And Swarm is out there trying to strike back for the bees against all those rotten humans. What a great sequence. When, she, when Lunella puts the world's tiniest GPS harness on a bee <laughs> so she can follow him back to his headquarters. Come on, this is great stuff. It always has been, and just as you're saying, Joey, this is the book you, you do this in, that this audience will reach it, will be reached by it, will read it, get something out of it, and not not really preachy. The, the, no. they, Marvel has, in, in the back, put a little list of some of their other books that they did and some 
examples of what they did in the past. And 40 years ago, they were like those after-school specials. This has all the stuff you'd come to a Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur book for. It's yeah. all there and still the lovely message. I mean, it's not like, you know, when uh, in, in Green Arrow and Green Lantern, when, when, when Green Arrow opens the door and Speedy's there like with drugs hanging out of his eyeballs, right? Like yeah. it's, it's not as like gruesome or graphic as anything like that. And it's yeah. not even as graphic as, as the Spider-Man issues uh, about drugs either. There's, it's, it still has that buoyancy and that fun. And there was a, a brief moment in the middle where I was like, is this kind of like making light? Is it kind of too, is it too kind of just four colored fun? Um, but then I, 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 but then I, I kind of got back to where you are, Bob, which is like, this is a moon girl and double dinosaur book. It has that energy. It's not trying to be preachy. It's trying to inform and it's trying to remind kids and readers that like, look, smoking is bad, you know? Um, but it's still doing so in the kind of energy and super heroics that we've, become accustomed to in in, in comics like this mm-hmm. yeah oh, I'll, never forget, I'll never forget that speedy scene oh my god yeah <laughs> was that just were any of you guys ever a smoker at all i have, a, you nope. guys? I have a stigma about smoke entering my body okay no i'm just i'm just wondering because i was I, I i recently quit smoking like five months Congrats. i've been quit so no and i do that's what i want to say i think it's important it is important and then like as a kid like you know i mean i started smoking in like the 90s sometime like when it was like still like it was like oh it's bad but like you still smoked like i was I, when i was younger i smoked in restaurants you know yeah. that's <laughs> so yeah. you know and it is it's, it's really important and i just you know as a as a now ex-smoker which i'm very happy to be uh yeah and, and it sucks to be addicted to something like that like I've never, you know, other drugs are not my thing. But like when you realize that you're addicted to something, it like you're like, oh, 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 this is not cool. Like, yeah, I really can't just stop this. It's not cool. So yeah. I think an issue like that is really important. And the you book know. has moments like that with the teacher. Um, yes. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. which is powerful to see. I thought it was really well executed. I enjoyed it a lot. I didn't find it to be uh, preachy at all. I think if for the venue that you're looking at with the the audience for that book that's where you want that kind of story and it was kind of cool to see like you said joey the like psa style comic book that they have that one in the very back of like a sample page of of their their no smoking stuff from way back when so it's cool to kind of see those lessons still being tossed around every now and again because that stuff is still important Mm -hmm. so yeah did you all right what did you think of the coming next issue blurb that's awesome i Oh, go ahead, Joey. Oh, I don't read the book, so I was like, "Cool." Does that little um, is that like a little kingpin? <laughs> I think it's a little kingpin daughter niece or whatever. And I guess they're gonna be going to Lunella's school. Dun dun dun. King, yeah, yeah. King King Kingpinette or yeah. Princess Pin. Anybody? Yes, Anybody? that's good. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see what you I think there. it's time for another lightning round. <laughs> Uh, Jess, how would you like to go? Sure. Sure, why not? Sure. Sure. Right. Sure. Hmm. I'm okay. You have five minutes on the clock. Go. Great. Uh, this past two weeks, I got to read three new fantasy books. Three. Three. Um, 
first on my list was The Highest House by IDW. Mike Carey was a writer, Peter Gross, an artist. Um, we follow the path of Moth, a young boy um, sold into slavery to a wealthy magister that passes through town by his mother to feed her other children. <laughs> um, the Yikes. totally creepy, yeah, the totally creepy magic ta- character takes a strong liking to Moth, and while on their long journey uh, to his new life, they are attacked by savage bandits. But we get a taste of what this magister truly is when he takes care of the attackers with unnerving quickness and what looks to be magic, question marks. Mm. After a long and torturous journey, they arrive to the highest house, where you find out that once you're a slave there, you stay a slave there. Moth pledges his loyalty to the highest house and begins his life as a roofer. Um, This book is somewhat slow-moving, and it goes into a lot of detail, a lot of detail. Like, they have whole pages on his roofing equipment. Um, It's it's really good, though. Like, it really is, you could tell they're really trying to do some world-building, and they they do a good job of it. Um, The art is beautiful throughout the book, though it was a little sad when they put black text on, like, a dark brown background, and it was so hard to read, and it was, there was a lot of text on a brown background um this is another book with a strange format it's huge but it's really really beautiful like it's it's got a beautiful cover and it's really the pages are really nice it was definitely definitely worth it um all in all um they did enough in the issue where it kept me interested to see where it's going i want to know if there is magic they kind of allude to it but they they don't really tell you if it's actually magic actually the magister himself says it wasn't magic i don't know what you're talking about so um yeah it definitely it definitely gave enough and it definitely built like this huge world of this giant house where where they have all these slaves and it seems that everyone's there just to keep building this house so very interesting want to see where that goes um the next one that i got to read was Sword Daughter, um, and that was by Dark Horse. Um, Brian Wood, writer, art by Mick Chatter. Uh, we are introduced right away to Elizabeth, a young girl whose village was raided 10 years ago. Her village, destroyed by a Viking gang called the Forty Swords, loses everything, including her father, who becomes catatonic. Uh, they right quick pop back to current time, or their current time. This is about when the Vikings are around, so... I'm not exactly sure what time period that is. And her father awakes and is ready to take his revenge against the 40 swords, knowing he cannot leave his daughter after this all this time. Well, technically he's convinced by another person that is like, Hey guy, you've been asleep for 10 years and you can't just leave your, this, this <laughs> kid for, for another, you know, yeah. like, you can't just leave her here. He, um, it's, uh, he, you know, he, he decides that he's going to bring his daughter and gives her her sword and they go to take their vengeance on the 40 swords. It's super vague what's going on. Um, it's a little difficult because, the narrator is Elizabeth, but she doesn't really speak. And all her chat bubbles are like images. So you kind of get, she's like pointing and there's like a bird in it. And like, you're not exactly sure what she really means. Um, But they do, you do a good job with the imagery. Uh, It seems to be set up as a story of revenge. um, And I'm interested to see where that goes. The art is beautiful. It's very um, monochromatic. Each page is like a different, like you'll get like one page that's like all reds and then all grays. So it's, it's really, really beautiful to look at. Um, and the third fantasy book I got to read was The Last Siege. Uh, Landry Q. Walker was a writer. Justin Greenwood is art, and that's by Image. Um, one dark and stormy night, a mysterious stranger arrives at a castle, clearly in turmoil. The loss of their king leaves only his young daughter, who is set to be married by a cruel man. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 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 but 
why has this man shown up? That's pretty much where it goes. Why is he here? Will this mysterious man be the savior of the castle? Um, is this what the little girl needs? Is he going to save her? They don't really tell us yet, of course. Um, this is... And, and yeah, I, you know, it, this is kind of done before. I, I've seen this whole, like, you know, like, he shows up in, in a dark stormy night and, like, rips off the cloak and, like, oh, like, I'm here to save you. Um, but there is a neat little twist at the end that I don't want to spoil um, that kind of gripped me back in and was like, hey, I'll pick this up. Um, so for a lack of better way to explain this, I'll quote what everyone else seems to be saying about it. And they're calling it a spaghetti Western storytelling storytelling book meets Game of Thrones with beautiful art. Wow. So... Yeah, and uh, it's another one. Another, I got to read three awesome, I feel like I said a couple weeks ago that there weren't enough fantasy books, and now they're just like pumping them out, and every week I have one. <laughs> they heard you. <laughs> they heard me. They heard like, me. Oh, yeah? I have. Um, all three Boom. books were like oddly similar, too, from three different publishers, from all different writers, but they were all like kind of like if you put them side by side, it was it was very strange. I was like, wow, these are all kind of very similar and they had a very similar color palette and uh, you know kind of similar style and they were all going to castles and dungeons and weird you know things are popping up so yeah no it makes me really excited to read some fantasy oh. i got to families am i am i doing the, the the other one steve are we popping into that or are we, we can, uh, <laughs> let's wait we could save it for okay. discussion sure okay so then then i'm good there you go yeah. <laughs> all right um I meant to read Sword Daughter this week, but did not get around to it. So now you have me intrigued. Absolutely. It's interesting. It's it's interesting. It's a little, you're not just kind of sure sometimes where it's going. You're like, yeah, but, but it definitely, it definitely hooked me. So we'll see. Cool. Also, very Is it, uh, roofing. So I'm going to have to read that. Oh, no, that was, the high, yeah. They go on about roofing in the highest house for quite some time. <laughs> like, like Look, in Moby, in Moby like, Dick, there's hundreds of yeah. pages about whaling in New Bedford. So Harry, it's the same idea. Honestly, yeah, it is the same idea, though. Like, they talk about, like, thatched roofing, and this, like, they actually mm-hmm. explain, like, different kinds of roofing, and you're like, so I'm kind of like, where are they going? Like, why do we need to know? There's got to be a reason that we have to know, like, what, why slate roofing is better than thatched roofing, why thatched roofing breeds better in the winter, you know? I don't, <laughs> There's going to be a quiz. Like, there's yeah. got to be. There's got to yeah, at the end of every book, please take your quiz about roofing today. Um, yep. So there's got to be some reason behind it, I'm sure. The fantasy, the fantasy series about roofing. <laughs> Amazing. It sounds a little weird, but trust me, it's interesting when you read it. look for the one tile that's not like the others. Touch it and open the portal. All right, <laughs> that's my mystic roofer voice. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> go ahead, boy. Go up the ladder. Use All right. The, um, use the tar paper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Careful now, it's heavy. Um, <laughs> all right, I, I got a, I got some lightning round action for you. All right, uh, I'm gonna put five minutes on the clock for myself. William Wilson is the dad of a newborn son who runs a gourmet wine and cheese shop in Jamestown, Rhode Island, where his wife Isis also operates a bakery. Under the pen name Will Henry, he creates the delightful Sunday-style comic strip Wallace the Brave about three children, Wallace, his best friend Spud, and new kid on the block, Amelia, growing up in the fictional town of Snug Harbor, Rhode Island. Uh, This is also an Eisner-nominated title. So, the gags and stories are delivered by way of a four of four panel zingers uh, for a very peanuts Calvin and Hobbes feel. 
The characters are endearing, imaginative, and downright hilarious as they explore the grassy shores of their waterfront home uh, while waging wa uh, water balloon wars, bear bearing witness to the odd behavior of seagulls. No joke, the, seag the seagulls in this book are amazingly funny. Uh, and contemplate the futility of humanity is the, the, the Calvin and Hobbes part. So... Uh, Wallace and Amelia uh, are great characters, though it's Spud that I've attached myself to. He's something of a hypochondriac with an overactive imagination, uh, which was very much me while growing up. Uh, I really enjoyed getting lost in, snug, in the Snug Harbor locale and feeling the freedom that it is to be a child on a warm summer's day with your closest friends. I also like having a Sunday-style comic to dig into every now and again. It brings back a lot of happy memories for me, as my mom taught me uh, how to read with books like Garfield, Calvin and Hobbes, and The Far Side. So that's Wallace the Brave. It's wonderful. Deadpool number one. New Deadpool, written by Scotty Young, with wow. art by Nick Klein. Yeah, I didn't even know about this until he tweeted about it that day, and I picked it up. Uh, at the close of his last adventure, Deadpool wiped his own mind for reasons. Now he's trying to reestablish himself as one of the Marvel Universe's greatest mercs, but no one's buying. With Negasonic Teenage Warhead under his employ, Wade declares that the duo need to... Uh, um, sorry, hold on. Need their own big comic book event to, pl uh, to place them at the top of the food chain. Sure. Uh, what Wade doesn't know is that a mythical celestial has just entered the Earth's atmosphere, and according to the Guardians of the Galaxy, Deadpool unknowingly holds in his possession the only weapon that can bring it down. So there's his, there's his, wow. his event right there. Uh, Scotty Young is a natural fit for Deadpool. His knack for humorous dialogue and creating over-the-top scenarios really shines here, and the art by Nick Klein is a fun, funny, and oft-times brutal compliment to Wade's wacky world. Uh, for me, it reads more like an extension of the Deadpool films than any other story I've read that features the character. Uh, maybe that's just because the movie is fresh in my mind, but it really sounds like Ryan Reynolds and uh, uh, Hilda Brandon, I think is her last name. Also, uh, Young has got the uh, sweet pool and negasonic banter down pat, which makes for several pages worth of uproarious partner chemistry. Uh, it's going to be expensive because it's Deadpool, but I'm adding this one to my pull list. Whoa. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So I have a minute and a half. I'm going to go over maybe. I got to tell you guys about the Space Auditorium. Okay. I read issues numbers one through five. This book was recommended to me by my friend Karen, who lives in California. Uh, she's friends with the writer. And uh, so this is uh, Chris Calzia with art by Dave Law. Major Trauma is the main character. She is being kept by a benevolent like automaton race that has gathered a whole bunch of, of different species and stuff from around the galaxies and puts them through like gauntlet style games. The catch here is that they they pre-program them so that they behave differ differently in these battles and whatnot. Uh, the battles are called the tube waves and it's kind of like a televised show that they participate in. Think of like, of it like a running man type of situation. Okay. Here's the thing though. When major trauma is not in the battlefield, she's 24 seven made to be kept awake in her cell, eating crappy food and watching nothing but nonstop episodes of full house. <laughs> 
so and it's not it's not a it's not like some weird alt version of full house where they change the names and don't call the characters who they are it is straight up full house and so because she was taken at such a young age it's almost all that she's ever heard so the only time when she speaks all she speaks in are quotes from full house <laughs> you got the do. person the person that comes to get her uh out of these things is like this moon-faced marilyn manson character that's attached to a robot body and the person that she speaks to like the grand poobah of this entire thing is like a digital ghost version of danny tanner oh so oh. like the, the, the Olsen yeah. twins show up in the games, Joey and Jesse and DJ, they're all there. They're all there. And it's all this like crazy, ridiculous sci-fi setting. And uh, when I tell you this book, like it knocked me on my ass with how bizarre and how bizarrely awesome it was. It was so outlandish and so ridiculous, but like well-written. And the art's fantastic. It's it's got kind of this like pencil drawn feel to it, but then there's lots of like rich colors and weird technology all around this world and these tube ways and stuff like that. And um, but yeah, it's super quality. It's called the Space Auditorium. Um, it's an independent book, so you'll have to you'll search around for it. It is on Comicsology. That's how I read it. Um, and the issues are cheap, and they're even like bunched up. Like you can read one and two for a dollar. So. Like if read that first issue, like definitely pay the dollar and get the first issue of the space auditorium. If the premise alone doesn't grab you, then I don't know if we can be friends. So that's I'm already grabbed. I'll be reading this. I will definitely be reading this. How do they get away with all this full housiness? I don't know. I really. I'm gonna talk to I'm gonna talk to my fair friend. use. There's a fair limit use. to that. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm gonna talk to my friend and see if I can't get them on the show. I really wanna I, I wanna talk to these guys. But um oh my god, I just you know, we've been doing this for a long time and, and a lot of times people ask us to check things out, our friends recommend things, and oh my friend did this, and you know, it's sometimes it's hard to really give your opinion on something when you know the the person behind it or they know someone or you know it's getting back to them whatever and so she handed me this this book and these people she's like oh you really got to read it you really got to read it and i'm like okay and i checked it out and i was just i was floored like i was so ridiculously entertained i closed that first issue with this big like grin on my face going like, i cannot believe what the hell i just read so yeah super good super super good Definitely, uh, definitely worth checking out. Definitely check out the first issue for sure. Um, all right. So there we go. Sorry, it took a lot longer than five minutes. Oh, that was great. It was worth it. Okay, let's go on to open discussion time. Da 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 na 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 uh mainly because we just got word that my sister-in-law who's been pregnant for the last nine months uh is going in so we're at uh we're at game time so by the next uh by the next podcast i will have a new uh nephew in my life 
So I'm very excited about that. Congratulations, Unc. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, we're pumped. I'm really, I'm excited. And we don't know the name yet. I want to know the name. Ah, uh, I have, I have my prediction, but I'm going to be wrong. I got a name for you. Solomon Grundy? Born on a Monday. <laughs> hey. uh. All right. Let's, um, let's talk about Batman 48 first. Yo. Do you want to lead this one or just? No. No, I hate leading them. So you go. <laughs> Okay, it's Batman 48, <laughs> Tom King, Mikhail Yannon, Jun Chung, The Best Man, Part 1. We open on a tuxedoed man praying in church, where we can hear the sounds of gunshots and pleading voices around him. Quick cut to the Joker, standing amidst a murdered wedding party. As he hums the 60s Batman theme, presaging the arrival of his arch nemesis. Mm. This is an issue-long maniacal monologue by the Clown Prince of Crime. And it, it what, what follows sets into place Tom King's vision of the Joker. And it's positively riveting, as, it, as are Mikhail Yannon's cinematic layouts. Why this issue is so stellar, it almost... Almost, mind you, wipes away the bad taste I had from those Booster Gold issues. <laughs> what, what did everybody else think? <laughs> yeah, dude, I skipped those Booster Gold issues, so I was like, we are firing on all cylinders here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I loved it. I was, it was, it was great. And about halfway through the issue, I was like, are we only gonna get Joker here? And it pretty much was. There was maybe Batman having yeah. maybe one or two lines, and then obviously the final page, which is just incredible and i'm like let's go issue 49 i cannot wait two weeks for this um i love that the artwork was great just that that opening spread right you have that that tense sequence right on the first page you open yeah. it up and it's just this beautiful two-page splash of this this church and the sound effect and the bat signal off in the back it's just it's it's beautiful 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 work and um yeah, I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved the Joker characterization. I, I loved the illustration of the Joker, the kind of creation of it. It was just, it was really cool. And how crazy, I mean, has he shown up in the book before? Uh, so I want to, yeah. I mean, he's not, not like riddles. Lot, yeah, yeah, War of Jokes yeah. and Riddles. So he's, he's so, I don't feel like he was like a lot, you know, it was, it was, it's minimal. But he's not, shown not up. Much. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the uh, what was the DC Nation Zero, whatever it was. No, but yeah. under, DC under Nation Tom Zero? King, yeah. Tom King's. Game. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh, and we had that issue with him with the uh, with the letter coming through the thing, where he's standing with the guy behind waiting for the mail to come. Yeah, that was the, yeah, that was uh, the, DC, the Nation. DC Nation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I loved it. So. <laughs> so there. So <laughs> still there. Uh, Jess, go ahead. I'm with you. I love it. If there's one thing I like as much as Bat and Cat, it's it's Batman and the Joker. That's their that's like my favorite comedy. Boker. Uh, yeah, Boker. Well that's their that's their oh, man. That's, that's their couple uh, names, Boker. All right, I'll go with that, Jay. Um, e channel. <laughs> listen, Sorry. listen. 
Um, I, I love, I love his characterization. I thought that he is just so, I love when he is like totally bizarre and crazy and you just don't even, you know, like he, you can tell that he's just like off his rocker. Like that is, that is, that is perfect Joker to me. Um, like you said, the art is beautiful. Um, the whole, the whole book was, it was perfect. It was, it was really, I was really happy to go back to this. I was really happy to see what was going on. Him singing the Batman song in the beginning, the na 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 that like, you know, that killed me. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is what I want. This is this is what I want. <laughs> Keep it going. Yeah. Keep it going on this. This oh, is the Batman God. I want to read. <laughs> okay. Keep it going. So yeah, no, I was totally happy with this issue. All right. Uh I'll just say it's good to be back. And uh man, that page when Joker asked Batman to kneel with him yeah. was yeah. was heavy. Really, really, really wicked. And then oh yeah, it's yeah. uh like I said, it's good to be back. Alrighty. Let's uh, move on to let's stay let's stay with Batman for a little bit and uh, Jess, why don't you read us yeah. the synopsis for for Justice League number one because that book is hard to explain yeah. on your own. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. So uh, I was <laughs> I had it all ready to go for the for the lightning round. So I'm good. Um, and what they this is this is from DC. Uh, the totality, um, part one. A brand new era begins here. Comic legends Scott Schneider and Jim Chung launch the Justice League into cosmos shaking mystery that will draw out their most terrible foes in ways hero or in ways our heroes couldn't. Uh, possibly imagine. In this debut issue, Martian Manhunter struggles to protect the team from an incoming threat that will shadow the world as they know it, while a familiar face strikes out on a dark path. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> that is that is their synopsis. So, uh, it, yeah, this was just a good old like superhero, like crime fighting, meet the characters, set up the imminent destruction of the Earth comic. That's what it was, and that's the way I felt about it. Um, uh, they they make you have some feels for Martian Manhunter and his struggle. Uh, the book is beautiful. The two page spread of of the villains was amazing. I, it kind of took my breath away when I opened it up. I was like, yeah. Um, and I'm not. I just want to <laughs> say, like, I'm not a huge like. I'm not like a huge like Snyder fan. Like, there are some people that are like anything he does is gold. Like, that's not. I, I'm not that way. Um, it was just it was just generally I thought it was a good read. It was a good start to the Justice League and I hope it can bring this book to where it needs to be, bring some breathe some new life into the Justice League and, and bring it back. So okay. righty. Uh anyone else? Yeah, I I mean I enjoyed yep. it too. Like I I'm with you on that too, Jess. Like I Snyder I've read a little bit of. Um huge Jim Chung fan though. Like Jimmy Chung's one of my favorite artists. Um just there's something cinematic and epic about what he does, even when it's kind of quieter moments. So putting him on this book was just like, whoa, it's awesome. I gotta read it. Um love seeing all the characters, the sci-fi superhero stuff. Like every once in a while you kinda just need to scratch that itch. I, I don't read a lot of those kind of books. A lot of my superhero tastes have kind of skewed towards the more esoteric ho vocab um uh and idiosyncratic ho vocab over the last couple of, uh, over the last couple of years but every once in a while i just need that epic sci-fi romp where the kind of multiverse in a comet form is barreling towards the earth and they need and there's a moment where the earth the 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 land turns to dust and starts floating away from the planet. I read yeah. that, I read yeah. that panel and I was like, what the, f- what? This Interesting is- science that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then like 
later on. The moon, like, its molten iron <laughs> ring has become like, a cyclotron to pull the crust yeah. away. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Where's, no, need? actually, you don't need Neil deGrasse Tyson. You need Swamp Thing, apparently. And I was just like, <laughs> yes. And there's yes, just something kind right. of just like goofy and, you know, wonderful about that escapist sci fi superhero romp that I'm into. And then all of the villain stuff that happens in this book is just as riveting. Um, I love the focus on Martian Manhunter. I think that's really cool too. Um, yeah, like this, like this is Justice League number one. It's a it's a great opening mm-hmm. opening shot. You see that gun that John Stewart had? Oh, dude, that giant Green Lantern gun. That thing is sick. Yeah, that's some Ryan I'm Reynolds Green Lantern stuff right there. <laughs> no, this is better than that. <laughs> Looks better. On um. The did anybody feel I, like a character might have been off a little bit? I think there were a couple off a little bit. I was kind of frustrated by this. You go first, Steve. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it might have been, it might have been a little, little big for me. Um, upon a first read, I, I find I found it difficult to to follow at times. Um, and I read the the No Justice. Uh, four-parter that that just let that led into this and i still found myself being uh a little confused i did enjoy the uh the epicness of it love the martian manhunter stuff that was probably my my favorite uh to pull from this uh i'm not sure that i liked the wonder woman that we got here i thought it was really odd well i mean you know even if she's doing a batman impression which everyone's sort of doing (laughs) I'm the blankety blank Wonder Woman. Yeah, I thought Sorry. that was a little yeah, weird. Was a little... Um, oh, and then I the the Gilder die. I thought it was awesome. All right, I laughed fine. too, Joey. But I knew Bob wasn't gonna like. I read it. I'm like, yeah. nope. I'm like, it's, <laughs> like it's not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, it can. You know, uh, language can never happen from this character or anything like that. I just, it's if you want to talk about something that like I'm reading and I mean, I'm just like, oh, like something that just seemed off uh to me a little bit but um it's cool i i felt like it was very dense um i'm either going to need to read it again or just wait until this has been around for a while and really sink my teeth in uh we'll find out i don't know tune in tune in next month or next week whenever the hell this comes out um i'll let you know uh, but to me there were those moments i'm also not a huge fan of the uh, Batman could beat anyone because he has a plan trope. It's kind of lost on me. I mean, I get it why why some people love that idea, but it's kind of out of hand here. Those bombs you planted on the moon in case the Earth's crust flies away into space? Yep. Really? God, he, dude, he's contingencies, That's man. Ridi- it's, ridic- <laughs> it's ridiculous. And for me, so, some of the things that, look, the, the Martian Manhunter stuff was great. I think Batman's great within the book itself and some of that ideas, but we, it is really dense for the first 10 pages. Tons of stuff happens and then kind of not much happens. And then there's a big finish. There's a big lull for me in the middle. Uh, And we don't have, I won't spoil anything. Vandal Savage. I love Vandal Savage. Probably my favorite DC villain, except for the big two. Doesn't get to do as much as I would like here for reasons everyone will will see, and 
it would have been nice to have someone else than the regular crew who we we see eventually. So and if we add into this multiverse is coming, the multiverse is going to die in a year and it should be a big thing. And we all sit around the table and talk and it's like it doesn't really matter all so much. It's like, oh, well, we'll get to it. No, maybe you should get to it now. So I, I think it was there was some great ideas presented in a kind of clumsy way mm-hmm. that is going to take that second issue to really pull it into into play. Art was gorgeous, absolutely yes, stunning, absolutely, yep, and filled with great ideas. S- Scott Snyder, if nothing else, has wonderful ideas for stories, and they they come rolling down the pike usually. In this case, I think it was a little bit of a false start for me, but I will definitely try a second one. All right, so, that's pretty much how I feel about it as well. Yeah. All right, Bob, sweet. All right, Dazzler. Dazzler. One shot. Dazzler. Dazzler. Who wants? Joey, you, you're, Joey? You're, you're up on this I one, Joey. You, Joey. I'm on the one. Yeah. 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 Dazzler Exong, Max Visaggio. Big, big, big fan of the fan uh, here. We are big fans. Uh, yep. And Laura Braga here on artwork. Uh, I'm a big Dazzler fan, as I think uh, most of us are. Um, this one picks up with uh, um, Dazzler. She doesn't want to be called Dazzler anymore, so let's call her Allison. Uh, she's trying to get back into music. She did the whole superhero thing. She was on A4. She's X-Men. She died a couple times. I don't remember when. I, I must have missed those books, but uh, I guess it happens um, in comics, as we will talk about later with <laughs> yeah. one of our, our listener questions. Um, and she's just trying to get back into music and and, and do that thing. Um, and as she's doing these shows, she starts to notice that there's a bit of tension out in the crowd as uh, she tries to do these kind of, you know, inclusive open shows. But she's a mutant, as we know. And there's this burgeoning kind of uh, mutant, uh, almost like a mutant purity gang that's mm-hmm. trying to keep out anybody that isn't mutant, uh, particularly in humans. Um, and that leads to a lot of kind of tension in the crowd. And Allison kind of has to step up and uh, maybe uh, um, prevent that yeah. kind of go ahead. <laughs> It's gonna say, dazzle them with her. Try the view, Joker, and has to kind of step in and, and kind of be the the hero, but without the tights, obviously. And uh, that's kind of the arc of this issue. I really, really enjoyed what what Visaggio was doing here with with Dazzler as that character caught in the middle. You know, um, on the one hand, trying to just do the just get up stage and sing and coming to terms with the fact that when you're putting yourself out there, whether you're wearing the cape or being the artist on stage that people are coming to see, or even just being a, a person, you got to step in when, when, you know, that kind of discrimination or that kind of hate is happening. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot on the show about our feelings about inhumanity and everything that, that, yeah. that, that, uh, kind of has, has done for the inhumans line and, and as characters too, but somehow in this book, Mags made me care about the Inhumans. Uh, in a, a very, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I always cared about the Inhumans, <laughs> but like she, she really, she really did something with the Inhumans that I think Marvel uh, wanted to do, but never really did in a 
in a in an effective fashion. Uh, they did the Terrigen Mist thing, which was like let's kill off all the mutants and 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 they never really capitalized on the kind of gatekeeping that could happen even in oppressed minority groups, right? Which you see all over today, right? Like we're in the middle of Pride Month and 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 um, there's a lot of people kind of saying as loud as they can, like pride is inclusive. It, there's a lot of letters in that, in that acronym. And, and it's just, it, it means that, and, and there's still people that are like, no, it's this. And it's like, dude, get off your high horse. Right. Like, um, so I think what Mags does here with Dazzler and kind of talking about the mutants who are hating on inhumans as being lesser than them or stepping in on their spaces. It's, it's, it's really complicated what Mags is doing and she does it so eloquently and so expertly and using Dazzler as kind of the lens through which to, to, to channel that and talk about what being a good ally means. Um, I thought was really powerful and really effective. And I really hope like, I hope we see more of her work at Marvel. You know, this was her first full length. Um, uh, story for first full length issue with Marvel and I hope we get more. Do great on Dazzler, but do great on everything. Yeah. So Yeah, I, I agree, Joey. I'm a big Dazzler fan from day one, all the way back, and Mags here really takes some interesting new turns and riffs on those classic X-Men themes of, you know, the world that hates and fears them. But by pulling in the mutant to inhuman bigotry to it, it all reminds us that there's bigotry that comes from every direction in this world. And that's very special. It is so well done here. The, the sidebar characters bringing in Peter, the young girls who are part of this story, just really loved it. Tons of great messages, fun artwork. Again, just as with the Moon Girl issue, it, it does this without it being preachy. Yeah. It's there. It's part of a regular Marvel comic book story, but with so many layers that er you read it a second time, you get something else out of it. Good work. Really good work. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jess, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, no, I picked it up to you as well. And, uh, you know, same feelings. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm not like, uh, I've talked about this before. I'm not like a huge X-Men person. Like that's not like my thing, but I really enjoyed this. And I thought I did think the message was, was very important though at this point in time and where we are. Um, you know, I get to spend my day every day. Uh, my, my coworker who I work with very closely is a very amazingly talented gay man and I've watched his struggles and I've watched, you know, that, that kind of hardship that he's had to deal with a little bit. So to see, you know, them put it out there in this kind of way. And I was telling him about this book today and I told him I was going to say this on the podcast today. He's like, all right, you know, he's like, fine, you know, um, you know, it, it's, it's important to, um, to understand that it's inclusive and, and, uh, you know, and to get to work with someone like that every day, to see that, to see this message put out like that, it, it's a great thing. And I really enjoyed the book, you know, for that. So, yeah. I wish they didn't call it Dazzler X Song. <laughs> I wish they called it something that, like, would get people to kind of understand what it, like, yeah. is actually about, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. Loved it. Pick it up. It's a great yeah. book. Yes. Yeah, good read. All right. And congratulations to Mags on your first uh, full-length Marvel. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, to close out our open discussions, Bob, would you care to lead a discussion on where we live? 
Sure. This is a very, very special. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to get emotional, but it, it is a fundraiser. It's a benefit for the survivors of the massacre in Las Vegas. It's from Image Comics. It is uh, curated by J.H. Williams and with contributions from I don't know, everyone in comics at some level. It is, it is political, but not in a way that isn't anything but personal. It is the stories of survivors, eyewitnesses. It is information. It is heart-wrenching. As you read this, I, I've spoken to a number of people who have the same thing I did, where you can read three or four or five stories and have to just stop and start again. There are so many highlights. I'm going to let everyone else talk about each, each of theirs and, and then come with mine rather than spoil someone's perfect memory. But, I mean, I, I wrote down, it seems like, 90% of the stories here that affected me one way or the other. And for all of 20 bucks, where all the money goes to these, the, the, 100% of the proceeds from where we live will be donated to benefit victims of the Las Vegas shootings. That's how you do a charity event. Just as with Love is Love last year, we have the Puerto Rico relief one that just came out this week as well. Uh, there's a comics community. There, there are good people out there doing really great work for those who are in need. So what everybody else think before I start breaking um, apart here? Well, I uh, I must confess, I you were mentioning before about how sometimes you have to walk away uh, from the book after a couple of stories. And that's kind of been my story with this uh, for the past two weeks. And uh, I've read about maybe four five of the stories and i had to i have to admit like i had to put it down you know it was extraordinarily affecting and i want to be able to really think about the stories and think about the the messages that are being shared uh through these stories and in all if i'm being completely honest it's beautifully organized. Like I've thumbed through it and I'm going to read more of it. Um, but it also made me really angry and I've been trying to do something this past year where I don't really share much of my, my like political views or I don't comment on, on some stories, um, for a number of reasons, but it doesn't mean that I don't see it. And, and I do see it because I, I work online and I see everything every day. And there are a lot of days where I wish that I didn't, you know. And unfortunately, the people whose lives have been uh, affected by the tragedy that, that spurned this book and, and others like it, they don't, they don't have the luxury of getting to, to shut it off for a little while. And this book does, and even in just what I've read so far and the mission statement and everything, it, it, it captures that. And, um, you know, like you said, the money's going to, uh, to a really good cause and helping families and victims and whatnot. And um, I do look forward to reading it. I just, I think I'm going to have to portion it out uh, a little bit because it's, uh, it, it stirred up quite a bit in me when I when I was reading it to the point where I was like, almost shaking with, 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 with anger and, and fear for, for people. And, uh, but, a, a, a wonderful collection nonetheless. And I, I can't wait to, to dig more, uh, into it when, uh, when I feel that I'm ready. 
Uh, Joey, did you get to check it out? I did not, no. Okay, I'm so glad I went to you then. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, save <laughs> yes, me, yes, save me. Yes, 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 I did check it out. Um, I, I did buy it. Um, I was buying it whether I was going to read it or not, okay? And you know what? I just think it sucks that this book had to be made. That's yeah. that's my opinion. It, it just sucks that we have to make things like this, okay? Because, you know, where it's beautiful art and beautiful stories, the fact that, that it even has to be put together is terrible. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know what makes a person do that or what makes, you know, people think that that will solve anything. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I, I would like to say I'm not anti-gun. I'm not, um, you know, I get it. I, I do. Um, I, I would like a little more control on it, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, I have friends that are enthusiasts that, that use them properly and lock them up and, and, and are, you know, are responsible with them. So I, I'm not going to say like no guns ever, but, uh, you know. And I'm not going to continue on with that, but, um, you know, it, it really is, it's really sucky that we get this art for such a terrible, terrible tragedy. But, um, what they did was absolutely beautiful. And there's a couple stories in here that are really touching. And some of the best are like, even just like, there was like one, one page one was like in evolution. Like, it's just like two pages of yes. no text and it's so powerful. Um, just the imagery and, and, um, you know, I, I, I want to really think, you know, I can't explain it. Um, you need to look at it yourself, but there's some of the most powerful ones were like two pages, you know, mm-hmm. um, even just the first one, when you open it and he talks about living in Vegas, like, you know, there's so much in here that was really, and it was hard. I, I got through most of it. I am almost all the way through of it, but you have to stop. Like you put it down because it's just, it, it's, it's heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking um, to know that these people experience some, some kind of tragedy like that. It's, it's, it blows your mind. You can't, I, I couldn't fathom um, having to watch that kind of atrocity. So, so yeah, it's hard. It is hard. And I understand. So yeah. But yeah, it is beautiful. It's worth it's worth the buy, even if you're not going to read it, you know. Um, Just to have, to have to know, yeah, to know that you put that in there for for those people who know so need the help. Yeah, definitely it, a, a book that should be supported for yeah. sure. Because yeah. here's the thing: it, as, as a read beyond the the emotional depth of this, it is not a screed in one direction. Yes, it, it's it's about guns, and it, but it's about responsible gun ownership as well as gun control. It lays out statistics. It lays out the history of things like the Second Amendment and where it came from, what was going on in the country. It has to do with the mental health issues. David F. Walker has a lovely story about that. We have stories about those witnesses, the people affected, the people wounded, uh, Finding Savannah by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Joel Jones, just an amazing, amazing one. Uh, The Woman and the Man, Gail Simone, Ryan Kelly, uh, the one that 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 broke me, uh, Father's Nightmare, Matt Hawkins. Oh, I have that written down. Yeah, that was yeah. terrible. That was hard. Yeah. That was hard to get through. It really yeah. was. No. This is this is something that'll it'll have you thinking. If you share it with a friend, it'll have you talking and discussing. There are a lot of sides to this. Just what you're saying, Jess. There's there's no simple answer after 300 years of we're trying to figure this out as a country. But if we can start to talk about it and come up with common sense, which is a lot of what is is advocated here, we're better. And again, the money spent is going to a good place. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. got through that. Wasn't sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's um let's bring it up a little bit. There we, <laughs> Here Sorry, we go. Sorry, guys. But we have Sorry. To. back to your regularly scheduled program.
Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Miles Morales trailer dropped uh, this past week. It is directed by Bob Persichetti, Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rothman, with writing credits by Phil Lord. You know who that is. All right. Uh, It stars... Oh, Haley Steinfeld's in this. Yeah. Uh, Haley Steinfeld, Jake Johnson as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, Brian Tyree Henry as Jefferson Davis. Uh, who else we got here? We have Shriver as, oh, I don't want to get into spoilers. It's too much. Uh, and Mahershala Ali. I love that guy's name. He's a great actor as well. Uh, so this is the animated Miles Morales Spider-Man movie that's coming out later this year. And oh my God. Oh yeah. Okay. So I will fully admit, I will fully admit that I, I I got into work and this was in my email and I, I, I open it up, I press play and the animation is very unique and it was, it is doing its thing and it's playing. And I'm like, is it like, is it a, this a bad upload? Is, is this like skipping frames or whatever? And then I realized like, no, this is just, this is what they're doing. So so if you haven't seen the trailer yet, uh, first go and watch it. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. I it looks like Telltale, the 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 video game uh, the video game company. If you gave them steroids, and so if you took like Telltale games and mixed them with Leica Studios, and that's what you kind of okay. get, and you get this like wickedly colorful, frenetic, like joyful crazy animation at least in the trailer um with all kinds of like weird movement and and fun like characters and swinging and weird things that they're doing with the animation where there's one point where miles is like going through traffic and him simply like touching down on different cars is changing the animation style where like certain panels of animation are changing into like weird pop art style things. There's like narrative uh, bubbles and boxes in, in the streets when he's walking around. It looks amazing. I cannot wait to see this movie. It looks Anybody super else? cool. Yeah, yeah, it looks super cool. And we got to see the first one. They actually played it when we went and saw Deadpool and we were like sitting there and I'm like, I need to see this. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I need to lucky. see this. Yeah. Yeah. They played it before Deadpool for us. And I was like, Oh my God. And Dan's like, and, and, and a couple of, you know, there's one character that pops up at the end. I don't want to spoil it if anybody didn't see it, but I'm super excited to see her there. <laughs> I was really excited to see her there. Um, but yeah, I love the animation style. I love that. It looks like you're in a comic book. It looks like he is running through the comic book, you know? And, and that's a great thing. I think they, you know, I, I love when they recognize it. That's where this is from. Like they're comic book characters, yes. you know? So I think it gives like, it's a really unique style. Um, I love to see that. I love to see like something different, uh, you know, animation is, is, uh, it can be anything and and i want to see that you know so i was really mm-hmm. excited to see something different and and the crazy and the colors were just wild and yeah no it looks great it looks yeah great. it really it really <laughs> it really really, really does i'm so glad to see somebody doing something different like animation wise because there's a lot of movies out there that if it's not dreamworks if it's not disney that right. it's everybody else trying to replicate that style and make the dollar and then this movie turns around and and was like oh we're gonna do this thing and just hope that people enjoy it and i mean the reactions that i saw 
to it were just unanimously people are stoked. So mission accomplished. Uh, who else has got some thoughts about the trailer? Sure, I do. It's a heck of a lot of fun. I uh, What I looked at it as, it's a meld of the new newer CGI technology. Remember, the, was the 90s Spider-Man cartoon? Was it MTV? It's that, but sort of blended with the 60s stuff where it used panels and artwork from the real books as it sort of shatters into panels and whatever. Just a really original concept. And we don't want to spoil anything. There are some really interesting characters in this trailer. And I'm much looking forward to it. It's later this year, right? Late, late? Yeah, I think December. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's okay. time December for the holidays. 14th. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I think much, it, much looking forward. I think everybody's going to love this movie. You know, I, I think you could take kids to it. I think there's a lot of yeah. like, just like great, like parent humor in it. Like, I know my mom will be like, so funny <laughs> if we went and saw this movie together. So I, I, I agree. I think it looks cool. I think it's going to be very charming. Um, and I'm all for it. I think that uh, the character's great. And what they're doing with all the other characters that show up in it, also great. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in. All right. Um, let's see. We uh, do we want to do the other new stuff? What do you think? You want to move on to questions? We could move on to questions. We could we could briefly say that Jeff Johns is exiting the role of president and chief creative officer at DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Lee will now be in charge. Jeff Johns will be writing some Green Lantern, some Shazam, and looking at movie stuff. That's cool. Yes. So yeah. hopefully that helps the movies and doesn't wreck the comics. But I think it'll be good. Jim Lee, man. Yep. He's been around forever, that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't be a problem. No. All right. Well, best of luck to both of them in their new respective positions. Hey, we did that in like 18 seconds. That was there pretty good. Go. Yep. Uh, DC also announced that they're relaunching their Vertigo uh, label with seven titles. Nice. Uh, y'all, y'all can go and look those up. I don't want to read all seven synopses um yeah but yeah that's cool that's that's awesome hey the more the more room for dc to put out some of their more like otherworldly or weirder stories or just alternate characters and stuff um is fantastic especially if uh young animal is going to be taking a bit of a sabbatical and, and getting ready for some kind of relaunch as well yeah i was just gonna say you know you you have the the prestige of a veritable name right people are gonna look into it and with young animal kind of taking a hiatus for a little bit people are going to want that kind of innovative kind of creative weirdness they'll go to vertigo yeah it's it's gonna i think it's gonna fill the gap Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit for sure they also this Um, isn't in our notes they also announced most of the titles for the zoom and ink lines but they're a year or so out but all the young adult stuff looks really interesting too yeah Mm -hmm. i like all that stuff man it's cool yeah, so good, yeah, they got a bunch of books. I'll just I'll read out the names so that if you hear these in the wild, uh, your ears perk up because somewhere along the line, somebody said it on Talking Comics. Uh, books coming out from Vertigo super quick are Border Town, uh, Hex Wives, American Carnage, Goddess Mode. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. High Level, uh, Safe Sex, 
second coming. And that looks to be it for now. Uh, I guess they'll see how those do and then go from there. Uh, super excited for, for yeah. this to uh, to come back for sure. Uh, and helming it is uh, Mark Doyle. So there you go. From DCU. Mm-hmm. He was in charge of Gotham Academy and the relaunch of Batgirl, if I remember correctly. Yes. So nice pedigree. Yes. Um, let's see. Well, the remaining titles will follow in early 2019. So, yeah. So, like, end of the year-ish, we'll probably start to see a few of these creep out. Uh, so that's super cool. All right. Let's move on to some questions. We had two listener questions from last week that we want to save Woof. for this week to give us some time. Uh, to, they were tough. Yeah. I'm going to say, like, I look, I send us your one. questions. Especially <laughs> you, could, you could tweet them at Talking Comics on Twitter. We love getting questions. So if you guys come up with something, just tweet it at us really quick. We'll put it in the bank. We'll save it for a show, and uh, we'll do what we're about to do now. Uh, this one, though, I, I'm going to tell you straight up. We have two, and I, I cheat on both of them. Oh. So that's okay. It's okay. Creativity. It's what, it's what we're all about. Uh, so We'll see what so the questioners think of your cheating there, young man. Uh, that's fine. They can, they can tweet me and let me know. <laughs> tweet at me. Yeah, tweet at me with your ire. Okay. <laughs> so... Evolving Introvert on Twitter asks, if you were making a superhero team uh, comic featuring only dead superheroes, who would be on your team and what would the team name be? Uh, My team, damn it, I didn't see that part. My team would have uh, Echo, Ultimate uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man, Cyclops, Victor La Mancha, and Metal. Uh, the name would be the Deadbeats. Nice. That's yeah. pretty cool. Cute. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, who wants to go first? Sure, I'll I'll take a shot. I've got <laughs> two. I have two actually. I'm gonna steal one from you right away, Joey. Cyclops. What? James. Yes, James Hudson, Vindicator, Guardian, whatever you want to call him from Alpha Flight, Thunderbird, uh, Feral from X Force. Jamie Madrox, because at least one of him is dead. Yep. Got to get Charles Xavier in there, and I'm going to call him the X-Men. (laughs) E-X. Sorry. Uh, Then, okay, I want, on another team, the original Earth-2 Black Canary, who supposedly crossed over to Earth-1. It's issue 71 of Justice League. Only she didn't. It's actually... It's her daughter, and she's raised in another dimension, and she... No, no. So I want the original Black Canary. The Ultimate Universe Wasp, who Brian Michael Bendis had eaten by the blob, and she died. It wasn't Bendis. That was Jeff Loeb. Was it? Yes. That's why last week when I was ripping Jeff Loeb, it's because of that. Okay, I apologize, Mr. Bendis. Either way, it's it's terrible. Either way, it's terrible, even though the blob was then eaten by Hank Pym, but still. Uh, so we want the Ultimate Universe Wasp. We want Rita Farr, Elastigirl, who we just saw in the Milk Wars, who is the only original member of the Doom Patrol who is apparently still dead. Everyone else can come back, and she's dead. And we want the 
pre-crisis, pre-New 52, actual Earth 2 Wonder Woman created from clay who has devolved back at the end of the crisis, and they will be the fridged four. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. Thank you. In like a good way. In a okay. great way. <laughs> That's for me. What's right. everybody else got? I'm going to say straight up, trying to parse out who is like actually still dead and dead yes. dead yeah. in comics right now. I looked up a couple of websites. Half of them were wrong. Most of the people have already come back. By the way, Victor LaMantra is featured in the new Runaways book, and it is amazing. Uh, so is uh, uh, Echo is back, too. Hey. Going to so, his question. With that in mind, with knowing that I didn't know about the other one, but I knew about Victor LaMantra, knowing that, that he'd come back was what prompted me to take a bit of liberty with this question. So my characters are have they have died in the last like five years. That's good. That's a good parameter. <laughs> They've all they, well, all but one has come back. So, all right, my uh, my team would be the Mighty Thor. Spoilers. Uh, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. He is already dead, so that counts. Uh, I also had Ultimate Peter Parker, Spider Man. I also have a Black Widow who died in uh, Secret Empire. And uh, I have Clayface as well, who recently uh, bit the dust in the pages of yeah. Detective Comics. Uh, and their team name would simply be The Echoes. So, and that is not a, that is not a play on the Echo that came before. That is just what I would call my team. The end. The end. The end. <laughs> Uh, Jess, do you have anything for this one? Yeah, I'm going to bring or back this all the one... dead horses in comics. <laughs> yes! <laughs> we'll, we'll call them the Beatums, okay? The horsemen. All the dead horses. All the dead horses and all the king's men. <laughs> That's what I'm bringing back. And I'm going to have all the horses and they're going to frolic and, and do great things. That's my answer. Love the it. dead horses. <laughs> Sounds like a White Stripes album. It does. It does. <laughs> the Dead Horses. There you go. Didn't they have a, a band, like a spin-off band, something to have to do with yeah. Dead Horses or Horses or something? Like that nature, yeah. Can't remember what the hell it was. Oh, um, all right. <laughs> so, who else? Who else has got a team? Anybody? No. Anybody? I Look, I, my team was just Cyclops, 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 and the team name is Cyclops. <laughs> Um, well, he has died at least five times. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, also, um, my team would be called "Do Plants Count?" And the superheroes are Swamp Thing, Groot, Cactus, Seaweed Man, Audrey Two, Man yeah. Thing, and Korg, who's a rock, but maybe he does. Maybe he's dead, he's but like yes. inorganic, organic. I don't know. I don't really understand science. Also, Zizizax, <laughs> we mentioned him twice tonight. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's alive. Uh, or you could go like the undead, like Morbius. Oh, he's Morbius the living vampire, which is very uh, odd. He's got uh, you there. He's got me about there. The living mummy. The living mummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This is a very difficult question because, um, yeah. Who's dead? It's yeah. Who's dead? You know? They're all dead. Banshee? I'd bring back Banshee. That'd be cool. Oh. Sean Cassidy, yeah. R.I.P. Throw that one up. 
No, Sean Cassidy's alive. No, dude, that Brubaker took my... him out. No, the other Sean Cassidy's alive, isn't he? What? The singer? All right, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I forgot okay. Jesus Christ. Now we're getting weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Whoa. He was in a Marvel, he was in a Marvel he book, was. you know. He was in a Marvel yeah. book. <laughs> you can bring back Jesus. He's going to hang out with the dead horses. Yeah. <laughs> this summer. That was a tough question, right. man. It is a it tough was, question. It's a, a very tough, tough question. question. But we welcome all of them, yeah. even if they're tough. You thank you, evolving introvert. Yeah, that did make an awesome, you know, a very funny <laughs> segment. <laughs> yes, hilarious. Okay, Sean at Argyle Eater on Twitter has a question. With Batman sixty six in mind, cast a twenty eighteen rewrite of the original Adam West Batman yeah. television series. Uh, and Sean has sent in his cast. Which I will read to you now. So buckle up. <laughs> uh, so for Batman, uh, Batman ha- he has uh, Kumal Nanjiani. For Robin, he has Michael Sarah. Batgirl, Michelle Wolf. Uh, Alfred, Patrick Stewart. Gordon, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Chief O'Hara, John C. Riley. I like that one. Uh, Joker, Adrian Brody. Also yeah. fine choice. Yeah. Uh, Penguin 80 Bryant. Who's that? 80 Bryant, SNL. Yeah. Oh, She's great. I, I don't know. Who okay, that okay, is. okay. She's great. All right. Uh, Catwoman, uh, Kate McKinnon, Riddler, Andy Samberg. That is an inspired choice. I like in, in the theme of what you're going with here, <laughs> yeah. Andy Samberg as the Riddler is very good. <laughs> uh, King Tut would be Will Ferrell, and Egghead would be Bill Hader. So a very, very uh, Saturday Night Live inspired yeah. alum yes. nice. uh, answers. Yes. It's a it's a it's a tough question because it, the, the way he posits it, mm. it's, it's keeping the show in mind. So how do you get that '66 vibe of you have to be able to do comedy but play it straight? And it's it's was not an easy one either. Yeah, I'm going to mangle. I'm going to mangle this question. When I read my answer, should I do it now? Yeah, do it first. Yeah. You mangle it first, yeah. yeah. yeah we all right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna mangle it so everybody else could do it better than me. Um, so as I read my answers, uh, you have to kind of you have to just go with me here, okay? We're not talking about age, we're not talking Steve, about whether they're alive or dead. Steve, read the list. Just read the list, Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're okay. We trust you. We trust you. You're with yeah. the go for, it. go for it. For for Batman, I want a young Leslie Nielsen. Batman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For, for Robin, I want a young Sean Austin. For Batgirl, like Goonies I would like young? Jane. Like Goonies. Yeah. Young? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, maybe not that young. Maybe a little bit, <laughs> a little bit older. A little bit older than that. Somewhere between um, Goonies like and Lord of the 14, Rings. Fourteen. Fourteenish. Okay. Seeing seeing him as Bob on Stranger Things, I could totally see him doing like the super peppy good-hearted Robin character. Um, so uh, Jane Levy would be my Batgirl. She is on the show Suburgatory. She was in the movie uh, Don't Breathe. And she will be featured in the Stephen King series Castle Rock that is coming out soon. For Alfred, I would have Colin Firth. Commissioner Gordon would be played by Walter Matthau. <laughs> yes. Chief yeah. O'Hara... Chief O'Hara would be Jack Lemon yes! because you've got to have the dream team. Uh, 
Joker would be played by a young Tim Curry. Penguin would be a crotchety Michael Douglas. Catwoman would be Rosario Dawson, because that is something that I want to see happen. I don't care. <laughs> That's just your dream. I, is that get just it your done. Yeah, just okay. get, it, get it done. Uh, Riddler, I chose Andy Serkis. Uh, for King Tut, I have John Goodman. And for Egghead, I have Rafe Fiennes. Ooh. That is my list for Batman 66. That's a good list. All right, I that's know. a oh, list thank that, you. Thank you that, that really doesn't really follow the parameters of the question, but it's a good list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Joey, yeah. you're so cool. Yeah. You're so cool. Go. All right, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Batman got? will be played by Randall Park, who's on Fresh Off the Boat, and will be playing Jimmy Woo in Ant Man and the Wasp. Coming up. Get ready. Robin, Donald Glover. Batgirl, Imogen Poots, big crush, Aww. big crush on Imogen Poots. Alfred, <laughs> Bill Nye. <laughs> oh, nice. All right, here's where we get into some legacy. All right, I got a legacy stretch here. Commissioner Gordon, George Clooney, Chief O'Hara, Michael Keaton, Penguin, Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> the Joker will be played by Mark Hamill. Uh, Catwoman will be Sophia Butella, who's amazing. Nice, nice. The Riddler will be Don Cheadle. <laughs> um, Egghead, Boom. Egghead, <laughs> Egghead will be played by Lakeith Stanfield, who's also on Atlanta. And is starring in Sorry to Bother You this upcoming June. And King Tut will be played by Batista. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I like it. Woo! I like it, I like it. All right, if Mark, Hamill, if Mark Hamill can't do the Joker, then we'll just get the next best thing, which is Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you have for Egghead? Lakeith Stanfield. Okay, I didn't. Okay, and work, Joey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can make this show tomorrow because all these people <laughs> st- still around. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, I have my ways. All right, it's fine. It's fine. I'll okay. bring them. I'll bring them back. I'll I just have all back. a really big crush on Imogen Poots. Just want to throw that out. There. <laughs> yeah, I have a really big crush on Rosario Dawson. So I'm good. Jess. So I happen to really love this show and it has, I think I've talked about it before. It has like a really special place in my heart and I've watched every episode with my dad. This is how I found out who Batman was. So I had, I was like, I saw this question. I was like, oh, I love this. I actually went on YouTube and was just watching like episodes. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I want to watch oh, yeah. this. I was at work and I wasn't supposed to be doing it, <laughs> but I did it anyway. Anyway, so here we go. Uh, for Batman, I had Luke Evans. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Robin is Thomas Brody Skangster. I can't ever pronounce his last name. Uh, he was in Game of Thrones and the Maze Runner. Batgirl was Anna Kendrick. Ooh. Alfred, I had Malcolm McDonald. Uh, Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara, I feel they need to be Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Like, I saw his, and I just feel that they need to be together. Like, it would have to be like stepbrothers, and mm-hmm. that's who I have. Uh, the Joker, I have William Defoe. 
Penguin. Mm. <laughs> Penguin. I have Paul Giamatti. Ah, <laughs> the rhino. <laughs> um, Catwoman. I have Thandi Newton, who plays Maeve in yeah. Westworld. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, the Riddler is Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> King <laughs> Tut. <laughs> couldn't you, yeah, couldn't you see him doing his live? <laughs> Just gonna hear it's it in amazing. my head. Yes. King Tut. I had Seth Rogen. Oh. Egghead. <laughs> there, Egghead. I had Donald Sutherland. Okay. Yes, you could. And then, see, you miss characters. Like, there's the Mad Hatter. That should have been Alan Tidak. <laughs> okay. And Mr. Yeah. Freeze was Brian Cranston. Mm. And Mrs. Cooper or Anne Harriet would be Dame Maggie, Maggie Smith. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Anne Harriet. Yeah, see, I, I really, like I said, like it, I, I love the show. So, for me, I was like, oh, I love this question. I would cast... how, did she, how did she not know, though? She had to have known. She didn't. Oh, who knows? It's yes. Harriet. What do you do? <laughs> I would cast like Elijah the Wood as the Mad Hatter. <laughs> Ooh, that could work. Elijah who would you cast? Elijah Wood. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. For Dr. Freese, I would probably cast Christoph Waltz. Oh, yeah. Hello, Batman. <laughs> oh, that would be there good, you too. See, I had extra characters. Wow. That's what I said. Yeah, I'm but like, those are great. Yeah. yeah. They were important characters. Yeah. Or Owen Wilson. As Doctor Freeze, <laughs> that'd be great. Wow! 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 wow. It's so cold! It's so cold in here! Wow! wow. It's really cold! Wow. Is it me? Is it me? Is it? One, it's me, isn't it? Wow! One one day I'm gonna bring her back, and everybody's gonna be like, "Wow!" <laughs> Maybe Matthew McConaughey. Oh, we love you, Owen Wilson. McConaughey. Imagine McConaughey. If they were to do Batman '66 today, like a spoof, like for Red Nose Day, they would put McConaughey in as Batman. Yeah. Yeah. That could definitely work. I can see that happening. All right. Bob. Yeah, I was up. Uh, we'll go from the top down. For me, I, again, I want to think of this as really casting a television show. So I was trying to come up with people who could fall into the parts in the same way that Adam West and Burt Ward and that whole crew did. So for me, Batman has to be Nathan Fillion. Oh. oh. Okay. okay. Now, partly because I just watched the movie Super 8, so I'm thinking, I, I don't know what Robin I want. Dick Grayson, the kid Joel Courtney, who played Joe Lamb back in that movie, if you remember Super 8, and mm -hmm. I'd want Elle Fanning to play Carrie Kelly. Ooh. Ah. I want to change things up a little bit. My Batgirl would be Emma Stone. Mm. Mm. Commissioner Gordon, how about Timothy Dalton? Okay. Dalton, yeah. And his chief O'Hara would be Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> nice, Matt. I gotta have that. I oh, also wow. agree. I uh, here's two that we we both came over. Mark Hamill has to be the Joker. There's just nobody else can be the Joker. And Steve, I'm with you. Rosario Dawson is Catwoman. Yes. Oh, you got, we got a thing for Rosario Dawson over there, huh? Oh yeah. I see what's happening. Oh, oh yeah. ever since ever since the movie Kids, I have been it, in huh? love, big time. I saw her like at the uh, the Luke Cage like premiere. <laughs> no, I I saw her at the Luke Cage premiere. Like I remember Lauren and and a group of uh, people we were with, they were all like swooning over Mike Holder, and they're oh look, look, look. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Like I saw him earlier in the lobby, and they're like. Was there? Dawson just walked in, and I nearly just dropped onto the ground. She's so dying, huh? and so you're intelligent, dying. and so nice. 
She's amazing. And I just, I love, there's something that is inherently warm about her when she's on screen, particularly in her, uh, her night nurse role. There's something, something about she, she is the highlight of, of any scene that she's in for those shows, uh, for me. Anyway, didn't mean to derail, Bob. That's okay. Uh, for the penguin, how about Hank Azaria? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hank Azaria. My Riddler, because he did such a great job in a, in another super superhero movie part. Don I want no Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> as the Riddler. Oh, okay, okay. Because he right, played Lex Luthor like the Riddler. I could, so yeah. She, she I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, Alfred, I struggled with. But I'm going to go with, I thought Ray Fiennes for a second. But Jared Harris, who's in Fringe, who plays Moriarty in the Holmes movies. Yeah. He's also in Box Trolls, Mm -hmm. one of the voices. And he was in The Ward, which is a goodie. So I'll go with Jared Harris. John Goodman is King Tut. Jack, nice, I nice. no i thought about that i actually had it written that's down. what i had <laughs> yeah. no, no, i didn't get a reaction when i heard mine guys batista though and for egghead alec baldwin nice <laughs> okay very cool all right we made it yeah it we fun. did it congratulations everybody thank you for the uh for the questions we really appreciate Thanks, it man. if you have more questions could always send them to our email podcast talkingcomicbooks.com or send the send them to us on Twitter at Talking Comics. Let's move on to what we're looking forward to this new comic book day. Excellent. I am going to be dropping a lot of money this week. <laughs> as there are a lot of friggin' books, and at least four of them are astronomically priced. What is with Thor number one being know. $6? Is it four? I know it is. I don't know. I don't but like, like six bucks. Six bucks. That's, that's <laughs> madness. I'm sorry. Like, I look, it's Jason Aaron and Mike Del Mundo. So I, I'm practically shoving my money down their throat. But still, six bucks. Anyway. Yeah. It's a lot. I digress. I digress. Uh, who would like to go first? I'll, I'll go because I'm also getting that Thor, even even at that price, with, with apparently 47 covers. If yes. you want to really just, just load up. <laughs> we also have Plastic Man number one by Gail Simone. Nice. And her domino number three is out this week as well. We have Marvel Rising Alpha, which is the Squirrel Girl mm-hmm. Ms. Marvel team up. We've got Nancy Drew number one. Yeah, who's doing by that? Yeah. Kelly, Kelly Thompson, yeah. I do believe. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm excited about that. I'm not gonna lie. Is that dynamite? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sweet. Yep. And a really oddball thing that no one's gonna remember but me. Apparently, not even the Overstreet Price Guide because they've dropped it for space reasons. Marvel is reprinting. The complete Dakota North Design for Dying miniseries, as well as her appearances in Power Pack and a Luke Cage bit and piece and some Daredevil stuff. Uh, Dakota North is awesome. Oh, you know Dakota Hell North? Yes, I know Dakota North, man. Dakota North is great. <laughs> I know Dakota North. I know Dakota North. I know Dakota North. 
Wow, that was a lot. I know Dakota North from Ed Brubaker's run on Daredevil after Bendis yeah. when he picked up. He put Dakota North in as kind of almost like a Jessica Jones corollary, kind of yep. private eye, bodyguard for Daredevil, but maybe got a little romantic. Mm-hmm. Those issues are collected with some of them in this trade paperback. All those OG like Marvel models became ultimate badasses. <laughs> like, yeah, they just went on to be like the coolest freaking characters. Pat- Patsy Walker, anybody? Poor yeah, oh, yeah. R.I.P. Maybe they should put them all in a book together. Oh, uh, yeah. Could you imagine, <laughs> especially now that Mary Jane is like, like the head has, of Stark? Yeah, exactly. Story. Like Mary Jane, Patsy Walker, Dakota North, just like Millie the model. What's she up to? Uh, yeah, what's Millie Perkins doing these yeah, days? Get them all in one book and have them just go up and punch Doctor Doom in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Who dares? Could you imagine like they had this like uh, Avengers like event series, and at the end of issue four, the big cliffhanger going into the second act is Millie the model, Mary Jane Watson, Dakota North, and Patsy Walker show up, and they're like, "Guys, we got this." hold our coat, hold our beer, yeah, and they yeah. save the universe. <laughs> Write it. Write it. I want it now. Whitley! 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 <laughs> All right. Jess, what are you looking forward to? Uh, well, you know, I think I'm, I don't have much actually on my pull list, but, like, there's a bunch of stuff coming out. Like, I Hate Fairyland comes out. Rose oh. comes out. And I, the more I read Rose, the more I just absolutely love it. Um, there's a book called Magic the Order that's coming out that's new from Image. Mm-hmm. Um... The Weatherman, that's a new image one that's also yep. going to be going in my book. I'm super excited about Nancy Drew. Listen, I was a kid. I have on my shelf, like, as I'm recording here, there's, I have a collection of Nancy Drew books. Like, I'm excited. Sweet. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, yay, Nancy Drew, Kelly Dawson, I'm so excited. Did you read the Nancy Drew that came out, the graphic novel, um, a couple months back? No, I didn't. I didn't even realize that it came out. And Yo. then it was there, and then it was gone, and I just haven't picked it up. But I probably. You need to get your paws on that. I, and I heard. Read. I heard it was very good. Is, yeah, uh, the one I, the, yeah. with the Hardy Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, and, uh, you really, know, really like, good. You know, when I was young, like that's what you read. I read a ton of the Babysitter Club, a lot of Nancy Drew. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's what Boxcar Children. Boxcar Children. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Animorphs. Uh, also... Animorphs. <laughs> oh my God! Stop it, Joey! Stop it! Now. Oh man, um, the covers for those yeah. books. Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to, though. You know, there's a couple coming out. I think there's one more that I was going to pick up. What was it? Coda? It was a boom book. Yeah, Coda yep. number one. I'm not really sure what's going on, but the cover looks awesome. Yeah, one and two. Cool. Two comes out that's this week, and number one, uh, they're reprinting this week. Is that what is going on? Yeah. I, like, looked yep. at it. I was like, that looks cool. I have, I did not pick it up. Yeah, so. isn't that uh, Size Spurrier? I think, I think so. so. I think so. Yeah, it looks yeah. pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Joey? Uh, a lot of my books got said already. Those new number ones from um, Image look really cool. A lot of cool sci-fi stuff coming from them this week. Um, I might read the Tomb Raider number one coming from Dark Horse. Big Tomb Raider fan. Um, nice. We just picked up the movie today. Yeah, I definitely want to watch it too. Uh, the last issue of Hickman and Weaver's Shield comes out this week. 
Whoa. It's been like 27 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, I was like, do I go back and read the first five issues? And then I thought, do I have a hundred hours to do that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I might do that. And then the big one that I, I do want to pick up is um, By Night, number one, a new book yes. from John Allison. Yeah. yeah, I got that on my yeah. list uh, you know, We talk a lot there about Giant Days, yep. and, and I'm excited about this, uh, this newly announced mini series from John Allison. We'll see how long that lasts, right? Uh, we'll get by night number 12 of 29 uh, by the end of the yes. first month on, on, <laughs> on pre-sales. But yeah, no, I'm very excited for that one too. Sweet. Um, all right. I'll just run down my list real quick. I have uh, baby teeth by night, eternity girl, Mr. Miracle, plastic man, Nancy drew. I hate fairyland, kick ass, weatherman, domino exiles, Marvel rising alpha, Marvel two in one annual, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, Thor, and Venom. So, bro, uh, you are single-handedly holding up the comic book industry. I read a lot of books. There's a lot of books that I read that I don't, I don't bring to the podcast always. But yeah, yeah. man, I, uh, I have a problem. I've, I've said this for several years, and you all laugh at me, and you all, ah, 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 that's Steve. Trust me, I really do. No, I have a problem. No, I, I need, I need help. You guys, you need you, an intervention. You think Not I kidding. ever made money when I worked at the comic book store? I never made money. I just respent it. That's why he left I, me there because I would just, I, re- would. I would just put it back into his business. Oh, I'll pay you. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm gonna buy a hundred dollars worth of comic books. Oh, here's your paycheck. A hundred bucks. Great. Sounds good. <laughs> If I looked at my like comicsology receipts for the year, I would probably puke blood. Wow. I oh yeah. You like, puke blood I, and I, then you have to sell that blood to buy more comics. Every day, at least once a day, I log in to see like if the sales have changed or what's going on and <laughs> stuff like that. I am uh Yeah, well that's where and, and to be fair, like I, that's where I get a lot of my stuff where I say, oh, you know, I caught up with this. So I read the whole run of that. Like I wait for those things. And luckily they happen a lot. Like yeah. if you didn't get that sale that one time, it's probably going to happen in the next couple of weeks, especially if it's a big character. So or, you know, if you want to dive into something, you know, a movie's coming out, you know, they're going to run something close to when that comes out. So with comic book movies coming out every other day, you're pretty much set. Yeah. So, and I mean, and they have like volumes for like $2 and $3 and yeah, I'm going to pick those up. You know, even if I don't read them and right now, I'm interested in them. So yeah, you know, they'll, they'll sometimes they'll have like really good, good deals. Yeah. But yeah, the comicsology you know. like <laughs> it ruined me because I was getting to the point where like I didn't have any more room. So I really had to think about how I was going to, you know, collect my books and it just made sense for me to, to do the majority of, of digital, but I still buy physical like trades and collections and stuff like that. So yeah, well now um, I just I make a I'm like oh you're gonna have a sale I'm gonna make a flyer and then I'm gonna go shopping. Okay, that's pretty yeah. much what happens yeah. now. I just no, trade, my, trade my services for the comics. What doesn't help is that like every time something ends, I've already picked up like three or four other things that just started. Yeah. You know, I, I'm always reading whatever's new that comes out. I, I if I'm interested in it, I usually pick it up. It's very rare that I'm like, eh, I'll wait. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe things will get better, but probably not. No, uh, no, not. <laughs> all right, Bob. Um, I see here that you have a closing statement you would like to make before no, no, we uh, no, I, no, I don't. 
You don't? It just says Bob at the end of this thing. <laughs> it shouldn't. All right, well, that, that may have been left over from last time. Yeah, okay. take that out. That's no, I, I, I could make something up so if you'd like. But nobody, no, nobody I, died. Nobody. No. All right, no. good. May you all sleep, sleep well this this eve. All right, that's gonna do it. Oh no, it's not gonna do it for this week's edition of the Talking Cosmos. We do have one thing. We do. We have an announcement. Um. So we've been teasing the new uh, Talking Comics-related show, Ladies of Valhalla. And I am very happy to announce that the first episode is in the bank and will be available to you all on June 15th. That is a Friday. Whoa! Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I... Go ahead, Jess. Why don't you... Did you have a good time? We had a great time, and um, you know, uh, my counterparts, those two wonderful women that I, I I recorded it with, they're they're amazing, and a big thanks, and I'm sure Brahma would say the same thing to Sarah, who did so much work. I mean, mm-hmm. the amount of work that Sarah really put in was incredible, and she is the most amazing woman I've ever seen. She does stuff I don't even know. She is my hero, and <laughs> she she accomplishes things in time. I don't know how she does it. I could not keep up with her. She's fancy. She's so fancy. Um, I, I really have to give so much credit to the two other ladies that I, I got to record this wish. They're, they're, they're amazing. We joked before, but, you know, uh, I have this, we have this wonderful cheerleader chat where we all keep each other going. And, uh, and it was, and it's that kind of vibe where it's really yeah. positive. It's, it's really um, the first issue, you know, the first issue is uh, really go. us really getting to know us. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to have some books in the way and some creators going on and, and some things, some interviews and stuff. So it's really Ooh. exciting, and uh, we're really excited about it, and and a lot of a lot of hearts gone into it, a lot of work, and a lot of dedication. Yeah. And again, you know, thanks to the to the lovely ladies that I got to record it with, because they really made it what it was. So awesome, indeed. So, so looking forward to this week. First episode, Ladies of Valhalla, new podcast, once a month <laughs> podcast, uh, June fifteenth, Friday. We will uh, we'll be be sure to remind you. We'll post it on Twitter. Uh, with all of their information, so on and so forth. But definitely look forward to that. I've heard portions of it, and it is awesome. Uh, I plan to listen to the whole thing tomorrow during work. So I think you've had to listen more of it than I have. So. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. I really, you know, well, I mean, I've been, I've been kind of hanging out a little bit in the corner, just kind of uh, keeping my eye on things, or just making, making, snooping. yeah, yeah, just making sure that you know it's up, it's up to snow. Just being weird in the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it's a home run right out of the gate. Uh, very entertaining, very funny, uh, and just a, a really nice like getting to know you style podcast. Uh, with you know topics and books and creators and stuff to be uh, delved into uh, with following with the episodes that follow. So definitely, definitely check that out. We will be sure to uh, share it with you. That that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Talking Comics podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. We are also on Twitter at Talking Comics. And don't forget to check out TalkingComicBooks.com for news, reviews, and articles about comics, video games, TV shows, and much more. We have podcasts of every flavor, including Talking Games, Movies, Valiant, Adventure, Ben is Assembled, and the new show, Ladies of Valhalla, coming at you 
<laughs> Bob, where can our listeners find you? Old-fashioned email, Bob Breyer at TalkingComicBooks.com. Joey. At Joey Bracino on the Twit and the Insta-Twit. Thank you for playing along. Jessica. At Jarska for all of the things. Oh. Mm. Mm. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am at dead underscore anchorus on Twitter and Instagram. So, uh, for Bob. Whitley! <laughs> Joey. Bye. Jessica. Listen to Ladies of Alcala. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I have been Steve. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, be excellent to each other. We'll check you out next week on the Talking Comics podcast. To be continued. To a world. I hope we recorded that. Yeah, when are we gonna do that remix? That'd be great. <laughs> oh my god. The Solomon uh, Grundy remix. <laughs> <laughs>